To be a part of a church mm -hmm. that is made up of uh, multi-ethnicities, multi-cultures, multi-generations, and uh, we don't take that mm -hmm. lightly, do we, babe? I mean, it, it, in matter of fact, some of our biggest stretching this year has been really to get, uh, to, to shine some light on some areas oh, yeah. that needed to stretch in us. To change, and the to change, repent, absolutely. to see what we need to see. And all the way around. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and also, I think for me, is... Um, you know, we obviously in 2020, uh, we saw so much pain that was not new pain. Yeah, right. Correct. Um, yeah, right, right. A lot of people saw it for the first for the time. First time yeah. But it wasn't new pain. It was just first time 
being maybe even willing to look at it squarely in the face. And um, I just have had such an understanding that our black community is a holy community. Amen. Um, our, our, yes. Like you said, the, 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 our church is built upon so many different things, but um, the portion of our church that is made up from our black community, it, it's not just, oh great, there's so many that make us up. It's no, that's a holy portion of God. Amen. The portion of God is given yes. to, for us to learn about through our black community. So it's just one of those things that you, sometimes God has, oh no, not sometimes, God always has something more to show you. So you can you can be thankful for a people group. You can yeah. be you know an inclusive of a people group. But can you really see how God's holiness moves through a people, yes. and that you yes. will get to know Him more by yes. drawing near? So that's yeah, that's it, isn't part it? of just it, no, of what true. I've been learning. It's 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 not just the inclusivity, and that's what we've Correct. been talking about. It really is. Um, seeing the holiness, uh, yes. a portion of the holiness of God yes, through, through people groups, uh, yeah. and that's it's so important that we see see it. And um, I've I've been really encouraged. I know we've been talking a lot about it, but uh, I, I've been really encouraged as I go back and look at some of the the um, black pioneers of faith in, in in our own country, right in in America. And so often we don't think about um, that. Uh, and there, there were, there's so many heroes of the faith who have gone before us. You know, Hebrews says that we've been surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. And in our country, we have as well. And so today, I just want to talk really quick about a man by the name of Harry Hozier. Um, and like many in, uh, in his generation, he was born into slavery in 1750, um, uh, but got his freedom right after this, the, the Revolutionary War, D. And um, and when he did, uh, you know, he had this conversion with Jesus, this encounter with Jesus Christ that was more than kind of just religious. Yeah. It really, it really uh, empowered him. Um, and he fell in love with Jesus in a way that he became one of the most powerful and most dynamic um, preachers of the day. Like mm-hmm. he, he was, he was someone that everybody would come to see. And what, what made him amazing wasn't that he just stayed in one area. He was part of kind of a, the Methodist movement yes. at the time that went yes. all the way around. Yes. And uh, he, he was very often with Francis Asbury, who mm-hmm. uh, is a famous uh, Methodist pa- pastor. Um, but what was so awesome about it is that, that he crossed social and racial barriers mm-hmm. all over the country. Mm-hmm. And very often, yes. right? And very right. often was like the first not just the first black preacher, but the first black person yes. ever in some of those yes. churches. And yet here he is. And what through and his that, message, again, holy, holy, it's holy. See, it's see, not just groundbreaking. Correct. It's not just this. It's actually holy. It's a portion God, that he held a portion of God. Yes. That when he walked into these places, people were hearing and experiencing that piece of God. That whole, that holy the, ground. Through yeah. the spirit of yep. God through him, yeah. And, and we, you know, and, and the story said that, you know, hundreds of people came to know Jesus, had encounters with him. Um, but what, what made it so cool for me, this is, crazy. this is crazy to me, right? Is that he was completely illiterate his entire life. So what he would do is he'd have people read him the word of God. He'd memorize the word of God by then. What? Like, but, but that's what the scripture says, right? Romans 10, 17, faith comes from hearing and yes. hearing the word of God. Yes. And, you know, that just challenged me as a preacher, as a Christian. I have this wealth of Bibles, right. you know, I have 1,500 right. Bibles, apps yeah, and everything right. else, right? And, and he, 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 he hid the word in his heart. He hid it in his heart. And I love, heart. I love, this is his quote, his famous quote. When asked uh, near the end of his life if he would sum up 
his, his whole life, his ministry, he said this, I sing by faith, I pray by faith, I preach by faith, I do everything by faith. Mm. It is all about faith. And I said, man, may we step into those shoes. May we as men and women step into those shoes um, and not just be about uh, worship that's cool or preaching that's contemporary or, uh, you know, a church that is happening, but about becoming men and women who live by faith. I'm inspired by what he said because usually... It's when we need something, we have to yeah. believe for something that's stretching us that we try to put our faith to it. Mm. And, you know, one of the things that I learned from him is that, no, everything is to be done with faith. Absolutely. Not just when you need something, trying to muster up enough faith that that thing can, will come to fruition, that God will come through, that he will provide, that he Absolutely. will heal. I do everything through faith because that's such a leaning into God. Totally you leaning you cannot in. do everything in faith. Unless that source is, 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 God. is yeah. You know, one of my favorite heroes of all time, Jay Hudson Taylor, missionary to China, um, he, he said, true faith is neither striving nor struggling mm. to be in faith, but abiding in Christ. But abiding in Christ. It's not trying to be in Jesus. It's <laughs> actually abiding in Jesus. Yikes. And I strive and struggle, <laughs> right? Sometimes that's what faith, yeah. we try to use faith to be the ladder that we climb yes. to get to mm-hmm. Jesus. He said, man, it's not striving or struggling to, to be in Christ. It's abiding in Christ. Yes. So, man, I hope that I hope that encouraged you. That's what we're, that's what this table is about. Um, I hope today you uh, brought um, some elements to be able to do communion. And if you didn't, just real quick grab some. But it doesn't matter what it is, right? It doesn't. It, it doesn't. It, it can it be doesn't. life cereal. It doesn't matter. It can be whatever you have. Absolutely. And 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 um, it, it. This is just about exactly what. Both of those men were just talking about faith that is manifest in a real way, right here. This is what this table represents. That though we have not seen him, we're going to talk about today. Uh, we just talked about him before. Though we have not seen him, we love him. We love Jesus. You know, at communion, this is a time to encounter and remember uh, that we are saved by grace through faith, apart from any work. That this is not a work. This is a celebration of the work of the cross. And so, you know, the Bible tells us that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, the night before he goes to the cross, the night that he goes to the garden, wrestles with his humanity, sweats blood, is taken, beaten, thrown in a prison cell by himself. On that night, before all that happens, he takes bread and he breaks it. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Take it and eat it. And when you do, remember what I've done for you. Church, his perfect body was broken so that our imperfect body could be made whole. And I believe for some people today, while you're taking this, I want to speak that wholeness physically, mentally, and spiritually, relationally over your bodies now. But even if it's not now, when the veil parts and we see him face to face, we will be made like him. The mortal exchange for immortality. This is the bread of life. Father, in the name of Jesus, we partake in this, giving you the glory, the honor, the power, and the praise.
Let the bread, let your broken body heal our broken lives today. In Jesus' name, amen. Take and eat the bread of life. You know, likewise, after dinner, he took a cup filled with wine and he said, uh, this is the cup of the new covenant. It's filled with my blood. It's for the forgiveness of your sins. A new day. This is what he's offering you. This is what the cross did. It's going to be when you come on the other side of the cross, there's a new day. Because we have a new king, we stand anew, not by our work, but by his. And this work is complete. The Bible says he took his blood and he entered into the heavenly tabernacle and he poured his blood out once and for all, cleansing our consciousness so that we can serve a living God. That's what this should remind you of. Not just that you are a good person, not just that you're forgiven, that you have been cleansed so that you and I can serve a living God. His blood was shed. So that our blood didn't have to. He died our death and he took our hell. That's what we celebrate today when we drink this blood. By his stripes we are healed. Father, we thank you for this blood. We thank you that we stand. We stand. Forgiven by your stripes. Healed by your, by your blood. So Lord God, come and move today. Cleanse our consciousness. Release us of our shame, guilt, and all the, and all the hold that sin has on our life. So that we may serve a living God, worship a living God, know a living God, that we may love a living God. We give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood. It's in your name. Amen. Thank you for doing that for that. Mm. So church, we're just gonna we're just gonna close this time um, in communion mm. together with just a little refrain to remind ourselves and worship about Um, the power of his blood. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of my Jesus. And what can make me whole again nothing but the blood of Jesus oh precious is the flow that makes me white as Jesus, thank you for that blood. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Let every household, let every man, woman, and child today, let us us behold the glory of our God in the land of the living. 
Let us worship you with open hearts and fall desperately in love with you. Your inescapable love. We give you the glory and the honor, Jesus, in your name. Amen. 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 Well, I'm, I'm glad you've got your Bibles today. There we go. I'm glad you have your Bibles today somewhere on your phone, your iPad, your iPhone, your computer, somewhere maybe next to you in a hard copy like Danielle, always a hard copy. Um, I, look, if you, uh, because you have your Bible today, can you open up with us to 1 John chapter 2? 1 John chapter 2. Um, you know, we, we've been talking, we started last week, D, and kind of looking at this book in uh, 1 John yeah. and this apostle who loved Jesus yeah. and um, who appropriated that love. Mm -hmm. So it changed the way that he looked at life. Mm -hmm. um, and we started to talk a little bit last, last week about how life in Christ is different because life in Christ is life in, in the light. Yes. And right. how, unfortunately, our soul, right, because we don't yeah. really want to live in the light, we want to live in the shade, right? We, we, yeah. we, we have this gradient, we, cr we start to create this gradient of gray. Mm -hmm. But the Bible says... We call it light. We call it light. Mm -hmm. But the Bible says God is light, and in Him there's no darkness. There's no gradient at all. It's like being at the beach. And being under the umbrella. Don't 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 badmouth that. That's not, <laughs> yeah. By the way, that's my life at the beach. Because I am German and Irish. I am the whitest he dude burns, you guys know. He burns like walking to the coast. Yeah, that's ridiculous. But um but it is. It's like, well, I'm still in the sun, but I'm uh, under the umbrella. But if you were fully in the sun, then you, it would, would change you. Well, exactly. It's like, well, if it was the same thing, you wouldn't be under here in the umbrella. <laughs> right? Right. It's not the same thing. Right. So it's, it's just funny how we wanted to say two things. We, I'm still fully Amen. in front of you. I'm still fully uh, exposed to the fullness of you. Yes. But an umbrella does some distancing from us and the power of the sun. Yeah, and, that, and I think that distancing, we just started talking a little bit last week, and here's the, the reality is that distancing starts to create... Um, offense, yeah. uh, kind of us being discouraged, uh, many, many times kind of being put off, right, put mm -hmm. off by God or put off by truth, yeah. put off by people. And, and John, what's really amazing is that John lets us know that God doesn't want that situation in our life. He's not looking for distance. And so even before we create the distance, he created mm -hmm. a means through which distance would not stick, not have to be there, not have to be the reality. And he's and his audience, it's worth pointing out that he's talking to believers. Right. So we think about, like, he doesn't want distance, so, he, so you know, he sent his son to the cross, and that distance is now closed. But when we continue to live a life as believers, still in shade, yes, it still creates distance yes. that, that God is closing that gap in. Yeah, uh, you know, before we came to, 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 and you and I talk about this all the time, before we came to to, to the cross, the cross deals with the judicial, and we've talked yes. about this in the chat, yeah. chat room, yeah, yeah, the yeah. judicial penalty of sin, right? Yeah. The wage of sin is death, the wrath of God, but that's been poured out, so what happens to us afterwards? And that's what we're right. going to talk about today a little bit, because when we, we don't want the darkness to stick to us. We don't want the darkness to define us. We don't want the darkness to be the thing that actually creates um how we see god or how we how yeah. how we love god and then we call it light we'll call it, yeah, ex and absolutely. then we're, what we're doing is we're calling god someone he's really actually not because we've redefined him from shadow yeah and if you're looking for a title today it's uh, that web won't stick uh well, that's and, so, you know what this is the first time ever i think that we've never talked about a title beforehand uh -huh. that's funny because you had that 
I do. A web? What is it? That web. That web won't stick. Okay. And, and the reason why, the reason why that I was, I was thinking about this is, I walked. This is why there's a anybody else walk, of putting these has, any, <laughs> has anyone else ever walked through a spider web? Like Ooh. when you walk through a spider web, Ew. right? You may not ah. even see it coming. You walk through a spider web. It gets everywhere. It's yeah. disgusting. It's so uplifting, isn't it? I hope you love that. <laughs> it's gross. <laughs> But that, but it is, it's gross, but it's a good right? But it. here's the problem. That's what sin does yes. and, and it gets all over us. And what I know is this, when I walk through that, that, that spider web, I don't then think that I'm a spider. Mm. I don't identify as being a spider. I don't identify as being the spot, a, 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 a fly simply because I have a web on me. No, I, I recognize that so, there's a foreign substance that's on me, that's sticking on me, that'll stay on me unless it gets removed. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's what happens in our life. Sometimes we, sometimes we see the spider web coming and we don't care, we run through it anyway. But sometimes, many times we don't even see it, we just miss the mark, but it gets on us. And then we begin to identify with, the, the, the web begins to uh, cause us to identify ourselves differently, yeah. identify God differently, identify yeah. life differently. And we need to make sure God provides a way for that web not to stick mm. on our lives. And so that's what we wanna talk about today. That's, that's what First John uh, uh, chapter 2, verse 1 says. That's my cue to read, right? That's your cue to read. Sorry. I wasn't, I wasn't ready with my glasses. Okay. All right, church, let's read. 1 John 2, 1. Um, and remember, he is that he is speaking to those he has been discipling. So, post-cross. Post-cross. Say, so, my little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ, the righteous. Mm. He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the world. And by this we know mm. that we have come to know him, if we keep his commandments. So whoever says, I know him, but doesn't keep his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, in him truly the love of God is perfected. And by this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in him in the same way in which Jesus walked. That's so good. I'm, I'm, I'm both challenged by that, right, mm-hmm. and encouraged by that yeah. at the same time. Mm-hmm. I think what, 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 what I enjoy the most out of that, one of the things I enjoy most out of that, is that the first thing God recognizes uh, about our lives uh, is this tension, this battle between his will for us not to sin and our will to do it, Mm -hmm. right? And and there's this tension that constantly goes on inside of us. Even like, I'm not saying everybody, Christians aren't sitting there going, I can't wait to sin, but there's this force inside of us that is pushing us towards humanity right exactly doing something <laughs> differently and it, and it really is uh even before he gets to the answer which is the advocate in this process he says look there's this tension he's talking about he's taking a minute to recognize the battle um between bringing light into the gray mm-hmm. and our battle really is the Id- identification of truth yes what is truth how do we determine yeah. what truth is and God wants us to live in truth where our soul wants us to live in the shade. Which is our truth. Which is our truth, right? Exactly. We want to get under the umbrella 
and mm-hmm. still have the the all the all, all the view of the beach, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. what we want, mm-hmm. and and that's what's inside of us. We want to be comfortable um, in our own environment, but but make yeah. sure that we have all the blessings of God all around us. Yeah. And, and and isn't it funny that the very first thing that Adam did after he sinned was to get into the shade? Mm-hmm. The very first thing the Bible says Adam did is that he hid among the trees. He got in the shade. He 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 didn't. He couldn't stand any longer out in the middle of the light. And I think I think the issue in our in our generation, D, in, in our world, and especially in Christianity today, as we strive again, as we've been talking, not to be American Christians, but Christians living in America, is this identification of what is light, what really is truth, mm-hmm. um, and we struggle with this in our generation, not just trying to identify what is right and wrong, because that's already yeah. a battle, yeah. and we struggle with that because truth is not an ideology. Truth is a person, and anything that distances us from the person is shadow, is gray. Jesus is truth. John 14, 6, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, I am the only way to the Father, right? And then he's the same thing, John 8, 32, that says, and if you know me, the truth will set you free. And it's not intellectual knowing him, it is absolutely experiencing. The more that we experience who he is, the more that we not know about him, and that's what that's why, that's why some of what D and I are doing. If you've been around Connect Church for a while, you've recognized some of the different ways that we're presenting the word than just here. You know, here are five good, yeah. you know, five good scriptures on on life or health right. or prosperity, or here are five promises for your marriage. Those things are good and true, but we're trying to get you to know who he is, experience yeah. him, because out of him. Uh, truth is established mm-hmm. and you know that's why John says in verse 3 something that's really important he says and by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments that word know in the Greek is the same word in John 8 right to know to experience him not know about him the more that we experience him the more that we keep his commandments but that means the more that we actually uh, allow something to keep us from knowing him distance the less we will keep those mm-hmm. commandments. Mm-hmm. I love the word keep there as well. Dude, that word keep is means to conform. Hmm. He says, the more you'll know me, the more you'll conform to be like me. Yield. And yield. <laughs> like you know, you know, I like I like I like to cook. I like to bake. Sometimes, especially like around the holidays and, and, and sometimes I'll bake cakes or or, or, or um, cupcakes or whatever. And I like to put them in maybe an or- ornamental tin. I tried to get one today. I find one, but you know, you can press it in and it takes yeah. the shape, which I love. Um, and it doesn't matter what mix it is. It doesn't matter if it's a yellow cake or a red velvet cake or a chocolate cake. The mix doesn't matter. So it doesn't matter the mix of your life. Whatever, what, when you pour that mix into that tin, it conforms to the tin. Mm-hmm. The challenge for our generation is that we want, we want to be the tin. Be the and tin. we want Jesus to conform to us and that's where the problem is that's why we struggle to know what light is um i heard this week and i know we're going to chat about this for a minute but i heard someone say this week that when it comes to determining truth Mm -hmm. we really need to take into consideration the feelings of the people who will disagree with what we say truth is and i stopped for a moment and i and 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 i had to go back and reread it again uh, and, and a few times because the reality is, my friends, that when we, when it comes to um, deciding the methodology on how we present truth, um, how we care for people who would disagree with us, absolutely, 
we need to take into, into consideration the feelings of those who would disagree with us. But when it comes to the determination of right. truth, yeah. we cannot. We can only consider Jesus. Who Jesus is, what Jesus has said, he is the truth in the midst of all make of that, this. Can you make, yep. I feel like you're supposed to make that delineation one more time. Explain, yep. because, it, because you're right. We, we don't really um, either like the rules, know the rules, right. or what is the differentiation between so you're, what you choose and how you choose to present truth. Yeah, I mean, the, it, the, 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 determination of, the, the, the determination of it, you can never compromise. Mm -hmm. Because truth is, is a person, it's a reflection of who Jesus is. How we do it, how we present it, we should consider the feelings of people. Right. We should, we should consider how we care for people. Even if they disagree with truth, that should be a reflection of the heartbeat of God towards humanity. Yeah. But love actually looks like knowing truth and presenting truth in a way that is... Uh, still reflects him. Still reflects him. He is kind. Because, he is still strong and he is still kind. Correct. He's holy time. and loving at the same right, time. Right. And, and if, we, if we try to determine truth by the feelings of everybody, mm -hmm. there will be nothing wrong. Oh yeah, because yeah. nothing. No, no, I'm not. I'm saying nothing yeah. wrong. Because even the wor the thing that we would say, yes. oh, no one would agree that that's right. Oh no, somebody somewhere will and are, okay. and that's what they love. Yeah. And if nothing is if nothing is wrong, stay with me. Nothing is right. Because that's the lie that we believe. Well, if every if we can say that nothing is wrong, then everything is right. No, if nothing is wrong, then also by the same methodology, nothing is right. Zero times any number is still zero. Zero times an infinity of choices is still zero. Nothing is right. And this is how Job puts that concept. Listen to what he says in Job 8, 14. He says, this is talking about people who think that way. What they trust in is fragile. What they rely on is a spider's web. They lean on the web, but it gives way. They cling to it, but the, it mm. cannot hold. It can't mm -hmm. hold. Mm. Um, I think... Really, what you're saying is, is that we, what the word is showing us is that we cannot compromise on the content of what makes truth truth. Mm -hmm. We cannot compromise on the content of what makes truth truth. And I think even more, if that makes us uncomfortable, even if it makes us uncomfortable. However, Jesus has also made a way for us to be able to connect with people, even through our humanity in a way that doesn't compromise the truth that we hold dear to, but doesn't kill people with yes, the truth correct, by correct. taking it and it's hitting them weapon. over the yes, head correct. as a weapon. And I think that's where we get things skewed. We either find ourselves in conversations agreeing with something that's not biblically um, true, biblically true, because we don't want to get into the weeds with someone. Correct. Or we stand so firm for what we believe that we take people out. Yeah. Um, someone like me, um, and it's some of it's some of like again, if you do that enneagram stuff, or if you do whatever, oh, there's a million different tests that have, that keep morphing since I was who knows before I was born. But you know, I have a, I'm very um, clear on like black and white justice. Yes. yes. Um, and like right or wrong, or even um, I I feel very convicted. Uh, that I that if something is is right that I am really convicted if I just sit there and don't stand say, up for say it. something yeah, stand yeah, up yeah, for yeah, it. stand yeah. for the person stand up for the 
And, um, but even, even when you have, no, even when you have that, you can give yourself permission to disqualify yourself from the responsibility of handling the powerful truth that you stand for with care. Yes, good. Because you yep. think you're wielding yep. the truth, yep. so that's all that I need to know is that I'm right. What I believe is right. What you're saying is wrong. And that gives us this pious ammunition. Yes, correct. To come at someone instead of realizing that the reason that there even is truth is to draw all men to it. To it. So we forget, and that's yep. just an aside. And this is also an aside no, that good. doesn't, but, um, so when you were talking about, you know, what's the first thing that Adam did and, um, that's, that's how we see sin coming into our, our sphere. But when Lucifer fell, when he fell and he took a third of the angels with him, he fell into darkness. Yes. The very first thing that Satan knew was shadow. Yes. The very first thing that registered to him was being out of, of pure proximity yep. to the light. Yes. That is an ugly that he has lived with for all of time. Correct. And thus tried to enforce onto human beings. Yes. So it's don't be you know don't be surprised that when we're like oh well, I don't know because when usually what we're trying to do is we're trying to when say someone comes to me and they're having an issue with someone and they're usually trying to figure out um, what's right and wrong and usually they've already figured that out they're yeah yeah maybe yeah. sometimes yeah. coming to me to see like see I'm right yeah. and this is wrong instead of saying okay so the situation that I'm involved in whether I've caused it or not is causing pain to God's heart because there's disunity. Yes. So God is the truth. So what is right is who Jesus is. Correct. So if I mishandled myself in an argument, then I'm wrong, even if I was arguing for the right thing because I didn't handle myself as Jesus would handle himself. Yes, correct. Right? If I'm attacking, so I can do the if right. I'm judging. Yes, exactly. I can be right and still not do right. Exactly. Yeah. But this, so when we're in conflict, what our goal should be is not always figuring out who is right and who is wrong, what is right and what is wrong, but how is Jesus, the truth, behaving, for lack of a better word, inside of this situation because I am supposed to be like him. Yes, correct. He wouldn't compromise his truth, but he wouldn't behave as if he was even in part shadow. Yes, so correct. I wanted to just that was just something that came to me. But one of the things we're talking about is also distinguishing between my truth and the truth. Yes, correct. And um, because I took a little time on that, I'm just going to really make this smaller. And um, this is something that I've taught about, and I also talk about a lot privately with people when they're going through um, deep, painful, real offenses with people. And a lot of times when I will ask a person, and they, you know, I know I should forgive, but like what's, right. what's been done to them is very searing. Yeah. It's very long-lasting. There's yes. a scar there. There's still ongoing loss from it and fallout. And when I, if I say, and again, we're right now where I'm talking about believers. And if I say like, um, why do you believe that you should forgive? And usually it involves something like, well, I know, that's what the Bible says. Right, correct. Or I don't want to feel like this anymore because I've been miserable. 
being being in this like in this anguish is just miserable and I don't want to feel this way anymore and I know that if I was to forgive the person like I would experience such freedom and I know that you know forgiveness really isn't even about the other person because even though they, they might not care that I forgave them or they right, might, might right, not even right, think there right, is something right, to forgive, to forgive. them yep. or it might not change this dynamic but I know it'll change me and for, and we and it's and I'm talking about in the Christian world we 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 pub that we pump that into our Christian speakers and act as if that is truth. And what we have done is so made the gospel about the benefit to us as humans instead of first starting with what is the gospel because it is the truth. Right. And the truth is, is that if I am in close enough proximity to the light, I have an awareness of what it requires to forgive someone like me. Mm. Good. And how my... How I have caused continual suffering to not just God's heart, but to people here on earth. Yes. I might be right in this yes, situation, correct, but I've been wrong over here. And I, the anguish that you're feeling here, I've probably caused, no, probably I have caused there. And we get out of touch with the pain and the anguish that we cause the Father's heart. That we act as yep. if I know I should forgive them, as if it's coming from a pious place. And then we try to extend patience or long-suffering right, 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 something. Right, 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 and that situation, right. that person is going to do something, going to not treat our forgiveness with care or whatever. Yep. And then we're, they're go that's going to be like, well, you know what? I, and you, that's going to always trump it. And what I want to remind us is that we don't forgive because it's a command. We don't forgive because we'll experience freedom if we do. We don't forgive because of any other reason than being in such close proximity, proximity. to understanding yeah. how much I am forgiven of, how much I still mess up, and how gracious the heart of God is toward me, that I am forgiven. That when someone, even if it's a monstrous act towards me, is something is committed, I forgive because I am so close up to the forgiveness that is required for someone like me. So I am extending yes. as a conduit the yes. forgiveness that I am right now experiencing from God toward that other person. That is what the truth does. The truth doesn't try to figure out what is right and what is wrong. What's my right, next correct. move? What's my wrong move? It's I receive the forgiveness to give the forgiveness away to receive it, yes. to give it away. Yeah, and, and I love, um, you know, we were talk, you were talking about um, how the word, uh, you know, the word is, the word is a weapon. It's just mm -hmm. not a weapon to be used against people. Yes. The, the Bible yes. says, right, it is, it is personally a sword that cuts down into our soul and spirit, right, right? And, and defines that. The, the Bible says it is a sword that actually attacks the enemy, the lies of the enemy, mm -hmm. the schemes of the enemy. That is the context of the armor of God. It's the schemes of the enemy. But that's when, the object. That's the object, exactly. But when, mm -hmm. when the word is talked about mm. for people, from people to people, it's a seed. It's a seed. It's very not a sword. Good, it's a seed. Good. So when we actually, the seed doesn't change because the seed is what the seed is. Right. It, it, it's... It, you can't make a corn seed, come on somebody, a tomato seed. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how much you wish it wasn't that. That is what it is. The nature of Jesus is a seed. The nature of the gospel doesn't change. But the way we don't wield it as a sword, we wield it as, I mean, we, 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 we sow it as a seed. And we can do that in love be, and not have to change the truth 
because we love mm-hmm. God first, right. and then we take that love, well, that means we understand who he is, and take what he is and give that away in the way to love people. Mm-hmm. So that's what that looks like. See, my friends, if not, our, our truth is going to be gray. We are going to be sitting under that shade and wondering why we're not yeah. getting tanned, wondering why our lives aren't yeah. changing. Well, why? Because we're at the beach. Come on, somebody. But we are under the, uh, we're, we're still sitting in the shade. Proverbs 14, 12, there's a way that seems right to man but at the end leads to death. We cannot start with humanity and try to figure out God. We have to start with God and figure out humanity. And that's that's the lie, that's what the enemy constantly tries to get us to do, to start with us. Look, you can be like God. Well, wait a minute, that's not what God has said. I need to start with what God has Mm -hmm. said and figure out my life, not what my life is, and then project that back onto God. See, how we see God matters. How we see God matters. Mm Who is, this is the question, and we're going to talk about this a little bit. Jesus is going to hop in in this. Who is Jesus? Who is the Father? Who is God post-cross to us? I think a lot of us understand who he is pre-cross, Savior, right? He's this, the, the, the propitiation. You did good on that, by the way. The propitiation of our sin. He redeems me. His blood sets me free. He's the servant of my, he's the suffering. So we understand. Who is he post-cross? How we see him post-cross matters. It's why in John 20, that, 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 um, that Thomas moment, encounter with Jesus, is so important. Jesus walks through the walls and says, uh, you, you see me wrong. Let me show you who I am. And he, and, and he comes to him and he shows him his scars, right? Because he's not embarrassed of the scars. He still felt, did pay, pay for our sin. But Thomas's view changes. At that moment, he goes, you're my Lord and my God. You, I, my whole life changed. I now see you differently. You're the God that wants to come to me. You, you're the God that loves me. You're the God that actually will, will walk through a wall for me. You're the God absolutely who is not just the suffering servant who's my savior. You are the sovereign king of the universe. And that's, that's how we see God. They will either create distance because if we see the father the same way after the cross as before the cross, it's going to create distance. Yeah. But if we see Jesus and the Father differently after the cross mm-hmm. than we do before the cross, it'll draw us to him. We'll yeah. say, what? Like Thomas. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Or and then afterwards, he's like, yeah. my Lord, my God. He closed yeah. the gap. Um, so Kyle and I have been talking a lot um, about this next part. And it's been something that I've been carrying uh, in my spirit for a while now that I think is such a... Um, a, a desired thing of, uh, of God for us to really be um, be freed from and be inspired by and, and understand and sometimes what we realize now as pastors right so we've been studying the Word of God for a while and all that jazz but you can become so beholden to what you then call which is your theology yeah, right? yeah, yeah. your yeah. belief of God and what the Word of God says that if you have uh, gotten it wrong, understood it wrong, um, and all the rest of it, you can be so beholden to your own beliefs about God that you can miss the truth. Yeah. And yep. I think that it's a it's 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 very important that we as Connect always are willing to relearn something we think we already know if God shows it to us in the Word. I can't say that I can't stress Correct. that enough. Because the Word and not not anything else is supposed to build our beliefs, our theology, our understanding of God. And I think that one of the things, and my name is Danielle, so it means um, 
God is judge. God is my judge. My God is judge. Yep. All the, whatever variations, right? So that has always held with it a very ominous connotation <laughs> to me. And again, being a, yep. a pleaser and that perfectionist, you know, holy moly, that's quite a mix when you yep. have that kind of personality. And God is judge is what my name means. Like, yep. you know, you hear thunderbolts. And so you're always trying to appeal to the court. Yes. In your mind, in your hum- human's mind, yep. your human mind. And I think that um, especially because there's relationship, all of, uh, all of us have a relationship with a heavenly, I mean, an earthly dad, even if we've never had a relationship with an earthly dad. Yeah. In other words, we all have context and a narrative within us about earthly dads, whether we never had one whether we had a, an estranged one, whether we had an awful one, whether we had a great one, we still have a human narrative about who God the Father is that has come often, most often, almost always, yep. through experience as human beings and through that, hum, that human dynamic and relationship. And we cast it onto God. Mm. And so a lot, even if you've had the best relationship with your dad, you still want to please him. So you can find that you can feel like, I'm not pleasing today. Yes. I'm not good enough. I'm not pure enough. I haven't done enough. I haven't shown enough. So even if you have the best relationship, let alone if you've had a a marred relationship or a non-existent relationship or a tumultuous relationship, you see, it always affects that. And so then God ends up being a character in this life that we're living, that he was never defined as through the word. And something that God has been bringing to me, and and it's interesting because, um, again, because of my personality, I always feel like I'm learning something, studying, like, I'm so sorry, I'm so (laughs) sorry. But God has, I have felt his eagerness for his people to to realize who he really is. It's like when you realize somebody, you've had a certain persona, someone, and then you realize, oh my gosh, that person is so fun and funny. Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. I have something that I'm thinking of right now can seem so serious yeah. and right, oh, whatever. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, oh my yeah. gosh, I totally understand you now. Yeah, right? yeah, That's yeah. what totally. I feel like yep. God yep. is saying. Yep. You know, and we remember, and I'm not going to try to get into some deep theology right now because this can go super deep as it's been going for Kyle and I privately. But when, when we understand that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are three yep. and yet one, meaning there's no division between Correct. them, they are three, Three and one. I'm just going to yes. leave it there. I don't want to get my words wrong. But um, we often exchange God the Father with Jesus. We kind of, yeah. the Spirit with Jesus. Like we mix everything all together. But the Word says in John 3 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his Son. And a lot of times, church, as we live our daily life, because Jesus came in human form and because we can see what he tangibly did, we almost interpret that scripture as Jesus loved me so much that he went to the Father and asked if he could die for us. Mm-hmm. But the word is so clear in telling us how our Father's heart is towards us that he says, For God so loved us so much that he even was willing to lose his son yes. over yep. us. Yep. And it shows you, it kind of brings like God into a different understanding. It kind of gets that pixelation that sometimes we have of God into clarity. And you're like, wait a second, he, it does say that. 
And then when Jesus is directing us to pray, and he says, the, people, the, the disciples said, well, how should, how should we pray? He says, you pray like this, our Father yeah. who art in heaven. Our Father. We get to directly talk to him. Why am I saying this? Because in this scripture, and I know that we're going to be short on time, so um, <laughs> there's going to be a part. We're going to have to do part we're two. We're going to have to keep going because this is very important, church. Everything, there's some things that Kyle has to share. I have a feeling that we're going to be going into this a little bit more so we have understanding. But when we read that scripture today, this is what the actual scripture says, right? Let me find the glasses. It says this. But even if anyone, and remember he's talking to believers, okay, yeah, this is post-cross, yeah, yeah. post-cross. Post but if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. When you study each, every single word in the Greek, it actually says what the translations says, say that it says. You have an advocate with God the Father, comma, Jesus Christ. I cannot tell you, church, why is this so important? Why is she highlighting this? I cannot tell you, church, for how long I have had the wrong picture in my mind and in my theological understanding of what is taking place here. It comes from a long lineage of maybe hearing that taught, seeing that taught, using it in verbiage, it making sense to our humanity. Because we see that and we hear the word advocate and suddenly we're in a courtroom. Right. And we are the one that's the defendant. And we set it up like, okay, I got it. Jesus is my advocate. He, I did this, because right, it's talking about, what, but even when you sin, you have an advocate. And we may, we just say it's just Jesus. So who is he advocating to? God the Father. And we create this dynamic that Jesus is aware of our sin, but he has to convince the judge, God the Father, that he should forgive us of our sins. But when you read it, and this is where I'm going to leave off, I'm going to hand it over to you. Okay, thanks. <laughs> um, but when you read it, it says, but even when you sin, you have an advocate with God the Father. With. When you study it, it means with. With God the Father, Jesus Christ. So we don't need Jesus. It's not, and the reason I'm saying this is because we've created this like ominous God that even yeah, after the clarify cross. Clarify that statement. You just said we don't need Jesus. No, oh, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, I'm saying that we, we, cre we create this dynamic that the word is not creating as if we need Jesus to um, tell God how great we are. And he's thinking how horrible we are. And I'm hoping that this lawyer wins this case for yeah, me yeah, in front yeah. of this yes, judge. Yeah. Sin is what condemns us. Yes. So God the Father and Jesus, they are in unity. They are in unity. And they know the goodness of God. And they know that that goodness of themselves yes. through us has been brought to eternal life through the cross. And I think that the wrong, the how does, how in this dynamic, Satan gets off scot-free right. with not being involved right. in the sin dynamic. It's like the father's the accuser. And the father is the yeah. accuser. I know some of your minds are going, what, what, what? So just... Work this over with God. The Word says that we are post-cross. We are with Him for all of eternity. He's not rooting against you, church. Correct. I think it's so important to see the Father as who He is. He's not. He's not standing, and He's still trying to to, to 
send us to an eternal hell post-cross that Jesus is still having to intercede and say, but they're really not that bad. And, you know, they gave the missions. But we, <laughs> like, in our mind, we give the missions, like, by the what, way. What would he say? <laughs> like, what would Jesus be able to say? Right, right. Like, it's crazy. That's not even what's going on because it's not the spiritual dynamic of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, how they work in unity on our behalf after we have come to to be called their be called his sons. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. We're, we're gonna we're gonna need to end there. Um, and the the truth is, you know, you said about how much the Father loves us. In the very next chapter, it starts with, "Oh, how great the love the the Father has lavished on us. Yeah. The Father has lavished on us yeah. that we should be called his children." Right. So John is basically saying there, look, the what what's going on is that sin has become a sin is the victimizer yes. and it caused the distance between us and yes. the father and the son and the holy spirit right. god the godhead and that the father and the son are coming together uh, working with that that word is parakletos which we'll we'll get to next week a little bit more which is the same word that the holy spirit is used and they are working together yes. calling us together speaking in unity together to draw us back into this intimate he's they're trying to get rid of the distance between us correct they're, yes. they're, they are yes. they are advocating for us to get rid of the distance between us. Um, and that's why the Spirit always woos us. He is convicting us to repent, to turn around. Yes, so God. it's not about dealing with the judicial, yes. pre-cross God of judgment. Yes. It is dealing with the Father and Son and Holy Spirit that represents afterwards and the intimacy that He died for and how do we mm-hmm. keep it. And uh, we have an illustration next week. I really think that will help you yes. understand um, how, how when we trust God, he actually draws us in. That, that the, the word of God mm-hmm. talks about, uh, the, it draws us in. But uh, we got to go. But listen, uh, the truth is today, the Father does is yes. advocating for you. Yes. Jesus is advocating yes. for you. Yes. Can I just encourage you, you don't need another advocator. Uh, you don't need someone else. There's no other mediator. The, uh, the, the 1 Timothy 2, 5 says there's one mediator between God and man, the, the Lord Christ Jesus. It, it, it's, it's not an angel. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's not, uh, you know, another person. Uh, it is, it's not good works because sometimes we think, yes. I'll let my good works, come Definitely. on, look, 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 God, it's advocating for me. Yeah. No, there's nothing other than Jesus. It is the blood of Jesus that forgives us. It is his body broken that brings us into intimate relationship with the Father. And that's why they are advocating right now so loudly yes. for you to close for the you. gap. No matter if you are pre-cross or post-cross, Amen. they're saying close the gap. Yes. So this is how we close the gap. We just give him our life. We turn around and say, forgive me. Forgive me. And if that's where you are, can I just encourage you? Pray this prayer with me right now. Because the same Jesus that that, that freed um, John and the same Jesus that appeared to Thomas and set him free is the same Jesus that will meet you where you are. Just say, Dear Lord Jesus, Dear Lord Jesus here, I am today. here I am today. I've come to give you all my life. I've come to give you all my life. Forgive me of holding things back. Forgive me of holding things Forgive back. Forgive me of all my sin. Forgive me of all my sin. For doing it my way. For doing it my way. I'm asking you, Jesus. I'm asking you, Jesus. To be the complete Lord and Savior of my life. To be the complete Lord of my life. I choose today. I choose today. To live for you. To live for you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> And amen. 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 That's right. Hey, we're so, listen, no matter where you are in your walk with God, whether before, pre-cross or post-cross, this is what I know. If you prayed that prayer today, 
your heart was turned back towards him and the distance has been closed. Mm -hmm. Today is a day of great rejoicing. Yes. And we have a book. It's called The Surprise of Your Life. It was written by one of our pastors, uh, Pastor Rick Campana. And it's a book that will help you understand that father difference that you may have not been under the understanding of all the more. And it can under it can teach you how your life can look different from this moment forward than it has. We'd love to send it to you for free of charge if you send your name and your mailing address to the link provided. We will get this out to you this week. Absolutely. And hey, guys, we want to really encourage you to as uh, before we go to let's 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 worship together in giving. Let's be a part of changing people's lives through giving. It's not, just, you know, it, the, the Bible says it's better to give than to receive. This is not just a moment where we get together and uh, the church has bills, so we want to give. This is an act of love and worship to mm -hmm. God. One of the verses yeah. uh, that we'll, we'll hit next week a little bit and of uh, a favorite of ours is Psalm 27, 13. Mm -hmm. I would have given up hope if I hadn't believed I see the goodness of my God in the land of the living. Thank you, God. Look, our God is a good God. And he absolutely wants to bring goodness into the land of the living. And, and a lot of times, many times, the way he does that is through his people. I want to encourage you that uh, to, I want to I want to encourage you to not only just to give to God, but to be a part of that uh, His plan of be, bringing goodness into the land of the living. We do that in so many different ways. We just got a, a text yesterday from Matt and Liberty Harris. We love you guys. Our missionary, missionaries in Nepal. We love you guys. So awesome. Miss you. We miss you. Uh, you know, we've, we're we're committed to even giving more this year to TKC. All these things uh, that we want to see see happen, uh, but it's dependent on all of us being able to say, you know what, I want to be a part of God's goodness in the land of the living. Um, you know, so there's a link there if you want to give. But today, before we go, you know, uh, we, 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 we just want to say that we... Um, personal note. <laughs> just on a personal note, we are so grateful um, to Carson and Madison Wentz uh, for the years that they have sown into this house, for the love that they've shown this house, um, for being a part of this house in every sort of way. And uh, although we, we as Connect um, are, are, will miss you and that from the personal moment, we are celebrating what God is getting yes. ready to do and moving you into, in, into a new situation, a new season. And we know, we believe that, the good, that you're going to see the goodness of God in the land right. of the living. You have sown... And yes. we believe that there's a reaping coming. Um, we, we, yes. you, ha you have been generous, and I believe yes. that there is a prosperity. God delights in that. And I, I just, we just want to pray over you too yes. and believe for yes. God to just continue to lead you and yes. to love you. And may his favor and his face shine upon you. Yes. And thank you. Yes. Thank you for giving to TKC. Thank you for helping us start yes. that and birth that. Yes. Uh, thank you for encouraging us, uh, for, for worshiping with us, uh, for bringing so many people to church with you yes. for being a light in our community. So yes. we love you guys. Yeah, we do. You want me to pray? Yeah. All right, let's pray. Father, I thank you for uh, Carson and Maddie. Yes, Lord. I thank you, God, for their hearts. Yes, Lord. I thank you for the friends that they have been mm. to us. I thank you for the whole community 
um, that we have been connected to uh, through AO1 and all of these families, Father. Yes. They're more than uh, just names on a page. These are families and kiddos. And God, I pray as they move into this next mm, season totally. of life that you would send men and women of God that they can both influence and be influenced by, that yes. they can feed and that they can feast from. God, yes. I pray that you would go before them and get them grounded in a beautiful church and a beautiful family and a beautiful friend group, God. And I pray, Lord, that your seeds continue to be sown, the gospel continues to be yes, spread. Lord. We love you, Father, yes. that we have um, been in, 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 in relationship with them until this point. And I thank you, Father, that space and time has no effect amen. on that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, church, we love you. We can't wait to see you Wednesday night for chat room uh, right back here at 7 o'clock. Yeah. Men, hop into Forged. Uh, man, we're studying First Peter and it's challenging us. Ladies are shoulder still to shoulder. shoulder to shoulder. They've been doing good. Yeah. Been watching the, um, the teachings and it's, it's good to feast on the word. Absolutely.